You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Great to be back with you. It's another edition of the Offseason Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. I'm joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shot, D Magazine, and more. He's the great Sean Shapiro. As this summer moves along, we're... Getting close. We are getting close, Sean, to seeing. I know you've been continuing all summer to watch uh, great players on the ice, but we are close to training camp. It is, uh, I think today might be the one month away from the Stars opening up in Cedar Park, I think. It might be, uh, but we're less than a month away from uh Traverse City tournament up here in, in Michigan that I will be at in person and uh we'll definitely uh talk way more about that uh in about three weeks when that happens but it's to me that's kind of the the, the start of hockey season in my mind the real like we get to see players on the ice in games and it's right around the corner it's right around the corner it's great and uh it means we uh start to get some new uh new data that we can actually uh break down and, and talk about and everything yeah. so i'm looking forward to it okay so let's relate this because yeah. right now we're in nfl preseason and there's mm-hmm. a lot of debate should starters play like patrick mahomes um played you know aaron Rodgers says he's going to play the cowboys are choosing not to play dak prescott so when it comes to hockey because you know i remember when i was first sitting in the stands and I had season tickets, I would say to myself, you know what I really think's underrated is the players going at it in preseason. I mean, they're really trying to make the team. You saw some fights. You just saw, you know, like gritty. And lately preseason has changed in hockey. What's your philosophy? And have teams changed over the years? I mean, you mentioned that Traverse, you know, city tournament. I know injuries are going to happen, but are our teams trying to prevent it like they are in football, like, you know, keep these guys on the sidelines. If they get hurt during the regular season, that's one thing. How different is hockey from the other sports? Yeah. I mean, NHL preseason, um, there's two important things about it. One, it is too long. I I agree with that. Like it's too many games. It's, I think it's, uh, they really should, uh, it should probably be, three to four games at most right now. We sometimes see teams play upwards of seven or eight preseason games, which is way too many. Um, the, 
other thing about preseason is you don't really most players don't need it like like the perfect example i mean it's to cherry pick from the top but jason robertson played zero preseason games last year jason robertson was the star's top scorer set a new franchise record for points played zero preseason games jason robertson is a perfect example that certain players don't need preseason jamie ben doesn't need a preseason game miro heishkinen doesn't need a preseason game um i would always talk i would often talk with um the players, I, I honestly think the only reason preseason should continue to exist, um, <laughs> not the only reason, but one of the reasons to keep it for actual roster players is I always uh, go, I would talk to Ben Bishop about this. And Ben Bishop felt that he needed about 40 minutes of preseason time. He he needed about 40 minutes of real game action to get into a groove, to get the body going, to kind of get everything on track and that was about it that was that was really all he needed and i think kind of there are certain things that get done that way because preseason in general and as we see with the nfl it's not about building a power play unit or putting together an offensive line or whatever it's about finding the fringes of the roster and in hockey it's become even less about finding the fringes of the roster and this will get to a topic we'll talk to in a little bit more so further um in hockey, the roster is largely set already. And I know people want to think like, oh, I'm going to go see some camp battles and everything like that. Camp battles are waged in June and July on paper. They're waged on contracts. Contracts make jobs. And I know that's something that is like, People like to believe that, oh, hey, there's a there's a chance that every guy's going to make the team and everyone goes into camp with an opportunity and all of that stuff. But really, for some teams, like like the stars have no jobs available in camp. Like like honestly, like yeah. you look, the stars will go to training camp and you look you you anyone can go at cap friendly. Look at the NHL contracts. That's the roster, people. Yeah. Unless there's an injury, unless there's an injury, unless there's a some other some other bizarre thing happening. That's the roster. Um, and that's how NHL works. The contracts make jobs in a hard cap world. That's the reality of it. And I think people kind of get lost on the, they look at NFL preseason and they see these people fighting for jobs and they see this and, and the NHL, the other thing that the NFL, the NHL is different about is it has guaranteed contracts. So it's not like you can be like, ah, well, I'll just cut this guy. You can't cut that guy. You got to figure out a way to do it. And it's so it's you got you got to figure out another mechanism to get rid of them. And that's extremely difficult. Um, so I think in general, my personal view is preseason should be three to four games at most. It allows you to get it allows you to get two games of see some young guys play, get some of those battles out of the way that you still have on those rare ones you do. And then one dress rehearsal game. That's really what I think preseason should be. Now the Traverse city tournament, I think is different because it is different. The Traverse city tournament is just a prospect tournament. It will be just the stars prospects against the Red Wings prospects against the blue jackets prospects against the Maple Leafs prospects. It's a great chance to see players against their peers. And you get a really good idea for where they are in the world. Like I go back to, um, the first time I watched Miro Heishkinen play live in a game was in Traverse City, and he played the first two games of that Traverse City tournament. And you talk about the 
it's not even like the varsity kid playing against freshmen. It's like, it was like the varsity kid, like playing against like middle schoolers. That's what it was like. And you're like, okay, this isn't his peer group. He's never in this peer group anymore. He's, he's in, and, and obviously we see now he is properly so regarded as a top three defenseman in the world. That's that tournament. I love for that reason, but it's not preseason jobs really aren't one in Traverse city. It's how it's, it's an analysis of prospect pools against each other and long-term planning of what you can kind of expect for certain players. And it's a good way to start the season. So did the Wyatt Johnston bandwagon begin in Traverse city last year? Um, the Wyatt Johnston, I mean, it's, we've, we've talked about Wyatt Johnston. It's, but it's, he was good in Traverse city. Um, but the Wyatt Johnston bandwagon people have to remember is he didn't win the job in camp. Like, and I wrote about this last year, like the plan was always for him to be on the team from the start of the year because of the NHL CHL agreement. And I know we have a lot of people who have listened to this show for a while who know what that is, but the quick, quick elevator point of it, Wyatt Johnston was 19, was 19. He either could make the NHL or he'd have to return to Windsor. There was no in between. The stars felt that him being on the NHL roster, living with Joe Pavelski, even if it meant some healthy scratches, returning to World Junior for a little bit, coming back, maybe the occasional conditioning stint was better than going back to the OHL. So while Wyatt Johnson outperformed expectations, the plan was always for him. His The plan was always for him to be all year in Dallas. So, And I think we need to give A, Stars Brass credit for recognizing that he was ready for this. Um, I think that's something. And B, it's a good reminder to look back on things and remember that the job, while his, his showing he can't prove he should still stick around, but it was already his spot on the roster and his spot in Joe Pavelski's house was already set before he even stepped foot in Frisco. So um, Traverse City only just gave more data points to prove, hey, you should still be there. So um, that's something that I think uh, if you want to hop into it right now, I think it would le- leads to a really good conversation about some other prospect things too that, that we were talking about before we hit record on the air here. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sure, you know, it, it does because, you know, yesterday there was a tweet sent out by a Spits and Suds listener. What's up, Chris Barnard? And he said to a lot of the people, and credit to the people that do cover the stars, um, it was awesome to see how many people responded, including you and I. And the the question was, odds 
Leon Bixel makes the stars this season. So everyone answered, including you, Sean. And mm-hmm. uh, your response was makes the team or plays a game because the chances of him making team are about as close to zero as possible. <laughs> so, and yeah. I, 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 I completely agree with you. Um, you know, first off, we, we have to talk. He's recovering from an injury. So broken ankle, yeah. like a broken ankle. Yeah, like, like we're not just talking injury. Hockey. We're talking, yeah. we're, t- we're talking a, a broken ankle. Like that's, that's something where, uh, you're, you're coming off that that's even that's that's difficult so right right <laughs> but, and, and i think yeah. i i think it is the um a the wyatt johnston effect of him having having such an impact um coming from juniors and i think the other thing is is that we as sports fans overall we love prospects just like we love the backup quarterback just love like we love the backup goalie you know there are just certain things that you know as sports fans like we hear the name over and over and therefore we're like, here it comes. This is going mm-hmm. to be the next big thing. And I try to tell people when they ask my personal opinion about prospects, just like, I think that's a great point. You seeing Hashkinen at Traverse city, you can watch a, a lot of tape, but there are certain leagues that have more open ice than others. And I love watching junior hockey. I love watching international because I think the level's, raise because you're getting the best of the best from the country. But at the same time, I love watching prospects in the AHL because the ice shrinks, so to speak. You have some quality vets down there um, that are, you know, trying to, to make the club as well. And just the competition is better. And we saw that with Thomas Harley and Maverick Bork last year, Sean, where it takes a while. That first half can be a little difficult at times, but both thrived in the second half, and we saw what happened to Harley at the end of the year with Dallas. The Thomas Harley at the beginning of the year was not the Thomas Harley that got called up for the Stars. Well, it's the same thing goes back to uh, two seasons ago, and Jake has even Jake Ottinger has even admitted this to me multiple times. They started Jake Ottinger in the AHL, and they had Braden Holpe and Anton Hudobin and everything like that, um, because Jake Ottinger. What Jake Ottinger was at the end of that year in that Calgary series, that was not Jake Ottinger in September and October. And Ottinger will even admit he needed that. And it was tough. He's a very he's a very proud guy. It, it, it humbled him a bit, but he needed that. And so it's it's not like one of the narratives of the 20, uh, 21-22 season that I always hate. And it's more of a national narrative than people who actually follow the team. But would be like, oh, what if the Stars had had Ottinger up from September? Jake Ottinger wouldn't have been the goalie he was this past season if they had him up in September that year. He needed that time in Texas. He needed that time down there. And Bixel to me, I know it was, it was a question for question from Chris, and I, I there was never really he's he's not making the team. He's going to be playing in Texas. I'm fascinated to see what he does in Texas this year. Um, I'm really interested in Traverse City, seeing if Texas see what he does. I'm really interested. The more interesting one, and this is the one that will be a little bit more divisive. Um, and actually, before I get into that, I want to say the reason I making the team and playing in an NHL game are two very different things. So let's be clear on that. One of the things that the stars set an unrealistic expectation for last year is Gavin, they only played eight defensemen last year. That's amazing. Right? That's amazing. The average NHL team plays around 13 to 14 defensemen a season. Now, three or four of them are playing one game one game call-ups, things like that. So 
the fact Bixel could play an NHL game this year. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against that. Like I would not take any financial bet against that because in a given season with the nature of the sport and injuries, you could have to go 14 deep on the depth chart and you never know, but it's like for a game or two. So making the team and playing an NHL game are two very different things. And so I could see Bixel play an NHL game this year. I could see now the stars hopefully are not in that spot because if Bixel is playing NHL games this year, that means there's, they have gone deep into the injury pool. And then there's a whole nother issue. And we're having another podcast discussion about that. Moving on from defense to a player where I think this is the one that is, this is the the hype train that is really strong. And the guy who I actually is, I talked about guys about camp roster spots being one on paper. The one guy who actually has a chance, I think to potentially win a job in camp. But once again, is, is it's going to be interesting to see how it goes is, the hype train for Logan Stankoven is off the rails, gap. Yep, and it is, and the kid's going to be great. Um, as a as a as a uh, through my job over at a uh, at, at EP Rinkside, we uh, we do right now. We're, we're publishing. They're going through and publishing the uh, the top uh, the top. Uh, top affiliated prospects, a list of hundred to one of the top affiliated prospects in the NHL right now. Um, players who have been drafted already. And, uh, it was, uh, and they had, and our people over there who are really smart, they have, they have Stankoven as the 30th best prospect in the affiliated prospects in the NHL. And by definition, um, we're using prospect as any player that is technically still qualified for, would still qualify for the Calder trophy technically. So, uh, Stankoven at 30. They actually have, we actually have Bixel at number 44. So mm. very excited. You have two yes. top 45 prospects, according to elite prospects in the, in the stars that we're talking about here. So the Stankoven hype is, is real and fun and everything like that. It's also very unfair to the kid. He's coming in with more hype than it's the most hype any player has come in with since Miro Heishkinen. Wyatt Johnston came in and the hockey nerds like you and I were like, ah, yeah, this kid's good. This kid's good. We got it. This, yeah, let's do this. Logan Stankoven is coming in with the, hey, we saw Wyatt Johnston. Logan Stankoven's supposed to be even better. He was drafted out of Kamloops. He was he was the the, the same team Tom Gillardy owns. He played in the Memorial Cup. People who there are people who Wyatt Johnston was able to do what he did in relative anonymity. Logan Stankoven is being at is is coming in with the with a. Re- ridiculous high level of hype that I feel bad for the kid almost because I don't think he can live up to the hype of what people think. I think he could I mean he could if he plays 82 games in the NHL this year. Great. That's awesome. I don't think it's I don't think we're setting up for a fair expectation of his season because so many people are just so excited about what he's going to be and everything like that and he's going to come in and there's going to be a transition phase. There's going to be, he's not the biggest guy. There's going to be an adjustment to the age. There's going to be a big adjustment to the AHL. There's going to be a huge adjustment to the NHL. He's going to have to learn to create his game there. He's the type of player who, once he gets it, I think he'll be great. But he needs time. And if I'm wrong and he's on opening night and he's ready from there, that's great. The fact Wyatt Johnston did it 
actually almost makes it more unlike more makes it less likely that Logan Sankoven will do it. Cause that's how rare what Y Johnston did is. So I, I really love the prospect. I love where he's going. I think Stankoven's game is great. I think he's going to be a really big piece of this future, but I think Jim Nill and the stars have planned and understood that if he's playing this year and if he's NHL ready this year, it's a luxury. And how do you plan for luxuries? You plan like they're not going to happen. And then you accept the gifts if they do. And that's the way to plan for, for Stankoven. And I think that's a really important thing that is kind of getting lost here with the Stankoven hype train, because he is, look at those contracts. Look at the players, Jim Nill side. If Stankoven was a Sherlock thing, Sam Steele's not getting signed. Stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to, to me, you know, healthy scratches for Bork and Stankoven are not. Oh, that you, you just, oh. I mean, I, I, no, yeah, no, those are bad. Those, those are, are bad. bad. You can't do that. So yeah. therefore, you know, I think build their confidence in the AHL even more. Like that's, me, I mean, I mean, yeah, give me, I mean, honest, I, I think Texas is going to be younger team this year. They still have some of their veterans, but they're going to be a younger team this year. I would, you look at the development over play Bork and Stankoven together, um, play them with, uh, you could play them with a, with a guy, like a guy, like our guy, like Curtis McKenzie, mm-hmm. a, a veteran, a veteran who has NHL understanding that will be a little bit more of that physical force on the wing to allow the other two to be the play drivers and let them build that long-term chemistry together. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the other thing that I'd love to see in Texas and, if they can do that and then they can and they, and they can prove that they're ready for the NHL and when an injury happens come up and 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 and, and hold the spot great yep but doing because the stars are in and this is this is a great window to be in Gavin if the stars the stars are in a if the stars are in the Nashville Predators space I would want Logan Stankoven on the team because the Predators aren't winning a Stanley Cup right. this year. I'm will I know that I'm going to lose some game. I'm willing to lose some games in the NHL this year for the long-term plan if I'm Barry Trotz. Yeah. The Dallas Stars can win the Stanley Cup this year. So you're trying you you have to think about it that way. You're trying to win the Stanley Cup and at the same and obviously keep a foot in the development path at the same time. The best path for everyone to me is honestly for Stankoven not to be on the opening night roster. I think the hype train might be too much. I think it's a space where you'd be better off with Stankoven getting that opportunity when injury happens, allowing to kind of step into the pro game. And that's what I would say. So I mean, that, that's yeah, because where are you going to, I mean, both Bork and Stankoven, they're top two line players. Oh yeah. 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 So. And, and I, it, there, there is more space. Let's be clear. With Pete DeBoer's system mm-hmm. and with how they want to run, there is more space for, um, there is more space for Stankoven and Bork to potentially play bottom six roles because this is not a Rick bonus team. So there is space for that. That is, that is possible, but as but the minute usage and things like that do, yep. If we're talking about a guy playing eleven minutes, hypothetical. Right. 11 minutes, 12 minutes at most. Do you want to use that on Sam Steele, who's making a million dollars? And I think it could be a pretty sneaky. I think Sam Steele could be a sneaky, good stars fan favorite this year that people don't know about. Sure. Um, 
Or do you want to burn a year of Logan Stankoven's contract? That's the other thing about the the economic part of this. By Bork and Stankoven, well, Stankoven, honestly, um, with like, it's. I just think with this cap world and everything like that, the time spent in the AHL for them, from a team perspective, and this is selfish from a team perspective, but it's true from a team perspective. You're better off long term being able to keep some of those contract values down when you're gonna have to, like, are you gonna want to? You're gonna have to like th- think about it this way, Gavin. I believe if I'm not incorrect. Stankoven's next deal will be at the same summer of Jason Robertson's next deal. So that is going to be, if you have Logan Stankoven come in and you force him in right away mm-hmm. and you give him the world as his oyster right away, you're potentially setting yourself up for a very expensive summer that you may not survive. Yeah. So, so I just, I, I hope I like, I hope I've made a good point. No, here, you like, have. Really, absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the other thing <laughs> prospects do, and the reason that you want them to be seasoned and not rushed is the following. At some point, I believe the stars are going to have to make a tough cap decision on one of their players. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have top prospects and they do pan out, that allows you the freedom. Uh, clearly, when they come up, they're at much less than signing a UFA. Therefore, you can get the other parts that you need to be a Stanley cup contender every single year. So I think, you know, just getting back to Bixel real quick, I I think it's a size thing too, Sean, um, that everyone sees the size and everyone's like, we need to be more physical on the blue line due to what happened in the playoffs and everything like that. I think, I think that's the fascination as well, but I think history shows that it's very rare for a big prospect. It takes a little bit more time. Alexiak, Zdeno Chara, Tyler Myers, these guys take a little bit more time to get going. Well, here's the other thing too. Like, so with, with Bixel, just to be fair to him, like, so Jamie Alexiak plays at around 260 pounds. Okay. That's Jamie Alexiak's. Mm-hmm. He's six. Bixel is listed and I've seen him before, but he's listed at 212. He's listed at 212. So we're talking about a string bean in many cases. Like he's a big kid. He's going to, but he's got, he really has to bulk up. Like it's going to be, it's good. Like you talk about the size and the length will be good, but you talk about the size, you're talking about a guy who looks a little bit more like a basketball player build wise than a hockey player. Sometimes when he walks in, he has to be, he has to bulk up. And that's something that is going to be very important down in Cedar park this year with his off ice development. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, hey, listen, these are great discussions. This is what I'm excited about because the prospect pool wasn't always that deep. So yeah. it, it's awesome. Uh, more great news uh, from the franchise locally. The Stars announced uh, that the Victory Club memberships for the lower bowl and the platinum level at the AAC are sold out for 23-24. They will have a limited number of single-game tickets and group tickets for these levels. But, Sean... The barn will be mostly full. Congratulations to everyone at the staff at the Dallas Stars for all their hard work. Um, yes, getting to the Western Conference Finals is a major factor, um, but uh, it's great. It's it's great that hockey is thriving and that people are excited about this Stars team. They're excited about what they did in the offseason. So just wanted to throw that tidbit in that, you know, let's be honest, sometimes you go to Stars games in the past and – uh 
you know, the lower bowl wasn't always full, especially after the first period as people are just wandering back in from the bar scene. So um, it's good to see that we'll have a full house for the majority of the season. Well, and you would you would know this better than I, Gavin, as someone obviously who you work for the, the station that, yep. that has the Rangers games. Are we still? And obviously, the Rangers are a great story this year, yep. and they've they've been they've been pushing. Are we still at the spot where the stars are the like if if you were to have if you were to step into a room and say, hey, which Dallas team will win the next title? Are the stars still the best answer for that right now? Yes, I, I would. I, I would. From my hockey knowledge, I would say yes. And, yes. and obviously, I don't. You're you're more well versed in in the Rangers landscape on this, but I figured I. That's that's still fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's for the first time in a long time, you know, that the Stars and the Rangers have major prospects coming. So success currently at the pro level, and then you look at the minors and you're like, wow, there are some good ones coming as well. So I think we can have some sustained victories here, which would be really nice because Dallas has been in a massive drought. The other thing, Sean, that around here is is that there is chatter about this Stars team. Um, probably not to the level of the Mavericks, but the Mavericks with their down year and the Stars making it to the finals and being as competitive as they were, um, there's some excitement surrounding this team, and that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I remember when the AAC was the place to be for stars games, you know, it was the scene to go to. It's where you met people and everything like that. It would be nice to bring that back. So, uh, it's really, really cool that they're kind of already being talked about. I know as we, as a station upped our coverage considerably last year, and we're already talking about plans to do it even more this year. So, you know, from a media perspective, I think they're also going to garner more attention. There's something uh, there's there's a great joke there that I can't figure out about both the teams being relevant at the same time and it being like it having taken like a dozen years for both post yeah. picks ownership. So there's a there's there's a, there's there's a low hanging fruit right there for someone for for, uh, for a local Dallas comedian. Uh, or something yeah, you're right. It. You're right. So, Liverpool got better quick. <laughs> But so, so he was yeah. one. He was one for three. But yeah. <laughs> but that's a uh, great news from the Stars front. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'd also be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, what's happening around the NHL. And there was a massive mm-hmm. trade that we haven't got to. Eric Carlson go to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sean, I'll say this. I love this trade for the Penguins, and I love it for the Penguins fans. You have two all-time greats in Evgeny Malkin and uh, Sidney Crosby. You know, you're going for it. And I, as if I'm a Pittsburgh fan, whether it works out or not, I appreciate Kyle Dubas and crew going for it. It's uh, and I think part of it we t- we talked about the. I mean, I think part of Dubas getting that job security as president of hockey operations. I think part of that was kind of they needed somebody who came in with this spot who kind of knew, um, that uh, it's the. It's like if you're gonna make like if you're gonna make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs, right? And in hockey, if you're gonna win a title, 
you're gonna have to break if you're often gonna have to break a few eggs either on the way there or afterwards and the penguins there's gonna be some lean years in pittsburgh they're gonna happen at some point someday there will be a crosby retirement press conference there'll be a malkin retirement press conference and there'll be some lean years but you go for it you go for the instead of trying to make instead of trying to do a working rebuild with two aging players, you keep going for it. And I think Pittsburgh's doing a better job of this than Washington is. Washington is uh, obviously um, monumental sports and uh, why am I drawing a complete blank on his name? But the owner there has said that he wants to keep the capitals competitive and everything like that. But the capitals feel more and more like, like Gavin, when you watch the Capitals, it doesn't feel like the goal is to win the Stanley Cup anymore. No. It feels like the goal is to get him to eight hundred and three goals. Yes, right. Great point. Like that's that's like that's what the Capitals feel more like. It's it feels like a kind of an ongoing career goal record. They got their cup. Now it's about getting Ovechkin the all time goal mark. Pittsburgh, the goal still feels to try to win the Stanley Cup. It's not about a personal accolade for one or the other or anything like that. And I think. I think that's a really valued thing um, with with what the what the Penguins are doing here, and you go for it, and it could explode tremendously. But at least you tried. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I and I and I applaud that. Like just like I applaud um, um, a few years back, and I know they only won one round and they beat Tampa, and that's it. But like I applaud when the Blue Jackets went all in a couple years back, mm-hmm. um, because at least you tried. Yeah, you try and you gave something to your franchise you hadn't had before. And I mean, it's I don't think people realize if you haven't been to Columbus, Ohio, one of the things about the Blue Jackets winning a playoff round, that was a big deal. And now and at least you tried, at least you did everything to try to make it happen. And uh, so Pittsburgh will pay for this in the long run. But maybe when you're when if you're looking at a fourth Stanley Cup for Crosby and Malkin. You're happy with it, so yeah. go for it. No, absolutely. And I, I, I wanted to also um, give kudos to Chris Letang, big stick tap. 16 mm-hmm. full years in the NHL, and he's been banged up, but he's the quarterback of that power play, and he was very outspoken how happy he was about Eric Carlson and you know, basically said, no, this is wonderful. This is this is great, and I am glad to take a step back for Eric Carlson. So I think from a team perspective, that's really cool as well. Um, we always heard um, it was a tight room. I mean, the the local story, of course, is Jamie Alexiak when he was traded back here. Basically, you know, he mm-hmm. raved about how great that that room was in Pittsburgh and how Sidney Crosby. You know, from day one, you're part of the roster. There's no yeah. like earn, you know, I mean, Sidney Crosby controls that room and in a good way. And that's just been, you know, so I mean, I'm happy for the city of Pittsburgh. It is a great hockey city. Uh, it's cool. But in that three-way trade, Jeff Petrie um, goes to Montreal and that had some stars fans eyebrows raised. Here's the defenseman, a veteran defenseman with good size um, can, you know, move the puck, you know, maybe that solves our defensive woes. And that's no longer going to be the case. But was your eyebrow raised at all, Sean? Um, I mean, it was. I think Dallas was always an option for him. Now it would have had to be a deal like 
it had to be a deal similar to the one Detroit got done where he got his salary retained. I think I think the Petrie deal for Detroit is, is actually it's a really smart piece of business. You got Petrie playing at a value 2.37 million after double after double retentions. Pittsburgh retains some salary, Montreal retains salary. Um really good value for for Detroit. Um I personally like it's we talked about like the long-term planning and everything like this. I like Petrie's game, but to bring Petrie into Detroit, into Dallas, sorry, um, you'd have to move one of two things would happen. And so either he, he would come in and you would have Nils Lundqvist would move further down the depth chart, or they would find a way to move Ryan Suter. And Gavin, we've gone through this. We know what would have happened. They would not have moved Ryan Suter. Right. <laughs> so it would have been, I, I I know, I get where people are going, and it, and it would have been nice, like, in a perfect video game world where you could have replaced Petrie with Suter, I would have been on board with that. I am not on board with the ideology of bringing him in and roadblocking Nils Lundqvist when we need to see Lundqvist, we need to see Harley, we need to see both of them playing from day one, and we need both of them to, we need to see both of them hitting their max potential by game 60 so that this team can, we can really see what this team has. And I think the Petrie deal is one where a similar type player, if you don't have that solution at the deadline, go find the guy. But I think Dallas sitting this one out is going to be one of those trades that people are going to be happy with in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's going to come down to let, let's see how this defense does. Let's see how it shakes out. And you do have some maneuverability around the trade deadline to, if, if you need to bulk up on defense, which I think they yeah. will, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but really, really uh, exciting. And uh, this off season in the NHL, Sean has been very kind of exciting. This is a this has been a this has been a good silly season for hockey fans. Yeah, it has, and it's. Uh, I'd like to see, and it's an interesting one too that sets us up for a couple like long term things, right? Because we've got all these uh, these people. We've we've got players taking shorter deals. We've got the the, the future of the cap going up. Um, hope I'm hoping this is just kind of the precursor to. A little bit more fun with player movement in general going forward here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. Well, that's going to do it for Spits and Suds. I did want to remind people if there is a off-season topic that you would like to for Sean and I to talk about, just uh, hit us up on Twitter. You can direct message us. Uh, I'm at GJ Spittle. Sean is at at Sean Shapiro. Um, feel free to uh, reach out to us. We'd love to talk about the topics that you want to talk about. We're almost there, Stars fan. It's been a great off-season. Sean, you're a beast and uh, cannot wait. Counting down the days, my friend, until uh, until camp, uh, watching the battles. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We got uh, Trevor sitting about three weeks, and uh, we'll have some more prospect talk then after seeing some of these guys in person, and we can uh, chat then. It'll be good. Absolutely. We will chat. We will. We will chat before that. No, we, we will chat will. more about pros. We will chat more about prospects at that point. <laughs> so, and we do. We do have to say, listen, the kids are back to school now. So you're going to have some extra time and you might be thinking to yourself, well, what am I going to do with that extra time? Well, get ready for star season with the book. We win here. How's that? You are, 
That is a great plug, man. This is uh, a <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Listen, it's all about, it's all about supporting the cause. Sean Shapiro is a beast. And if you want him to continue on this podcast, <laughs> I'll be a shill yeah. just like you stars fans. <laughs> all right. He's at EP ringside. You can support him there. He's at chap shots. You can support him there. Uh, email D magazine and tell him how much you love when Sean Shapiro yeah. writes for D magazine, along with my, uh, man, David Castillo, by the way. So that's going to do it for another edition of spits and suds for Sean Shapiro. I'm Gavin Spittle. Have a great day, everyone.